You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Good to have you back, everybody. This is Ryan. Digital marketing is ever-changing. SEO, PPC, all the acronyms. It, it's getting to be cluttered and confusing. And my guest today is a man who has plenty of experience. In fact, he's an educator in SEO and digital marketing. Mr. Alan Bush is here to talk to all of us about how to approach digital marketing in 2022 and beyond. Alan, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate you being here and uh, I'd love to talk about anything you need me to talk about. Let's, let's get this started. Great. Yeah. So talk to us about what you're doing now. You've got a lot of different roles um, you're instructing. So tell us what you're doing and you know, a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I'm a 15 year veteran in the internet marketing space, primarily working with SEO. I've done a dabbled in a little PPC and social media as well, but uh, my primary role has been SEO. Um, I work, currently work as the VP of strategy at a company called Ignite Visibility. It's an internet marketing agency here in San Diego. Um, we work with a lot of large clients. So uh, we started kind of small and now we work with uh, the likes of the HBOs and uh, Oprah Network, those type of people. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's really great to see the growth there. And on top of that, I've been doing for seven years teaching at the University of California, San Diego. And as of recently, about a year and a half ago, I uh, started teaching at the University of San Diego, uh, both uh, SEO classes. And I uh, really enjoy being an educator. I get to work with uh, a lot of great students. And many of my students aren't just students. They're, they're some uh, small business owners. And in some cases, large companies that will send their employees to learn more about digital marketing, considering that the classes that I teach are, are extension classes. They're not necessarily part of the curriculum. You could get credits for it towards your degree, but um, they're outside of the degree as well. So you could take it if you wanted to. That's great. So, I mean, you know, if you're starting a business or you have a business now, it's, it's very complicated digital marketing because you don't, most people I talk to really don't know where to start, where to invest their money and what the strategy should be because every vertical or every business is different. Every market's different and every demographic you're trying to reach is different. So from your perspective as an educator, where do you tell people to start? Like what, what is the best method to just get, get your feet on the ground with it? That's a great question because a lot of people think SEO is just a series of tactics. And where I really start with my students, especially is saying, well, you really have to understand who you are. A, get your elevator pitch right. And your messaging, right? Because the best you, you do that, the better that a, the people that are coming from websites will see that you have your stuff together, but right. also um, the language that people use to describe you should be congruent with what you're trying to pull across. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll in class, matter of fact, almost every single time in class, I'll pick a student, say, what's your business? Or what's your website? And then we'll do an activity. Um, what I do is a brainstorm activity. I'll start with their name. Let me break down um, peach for a minute. What do you think of? What do you think of peaches? And then we'll talk about what those mean. And then we'll go, okay, uh, I'm looking at my can right here. <laughs> peach vibe. Yeah. Uh, vibe. What about, uh, what does vibe mean to you? And then a lot of it will crowdsource all the students in the room. Yeah. And what's great about that is that the language that people come up with might be slightly different than what people see themselves as. Yeah. So, so the, the, the trick is to get your language and the language that people perceive of you to meet. Because what happens is that we start thinking, in this filter bubble that we've created for one another, for each other, and not 
how we should market ourselves. And you'd be surprised how many businesses, or especially when they're starting out, don't really understand themselves yeah. and how they come across. So just doing that exercise really opens the floodgates into developing content pieces. As a matter of fact, after we do the brainstorm activity, I show them that you could just connect the dots between the categories and the columns that we've built, and you have a blog idea. Right. Um, and then also making sure that you're getting feedback as to your messaging through other people's eyes. And then that way you'll be able to speak the language and have people come to you for answers. Um, so that's the real, the secret quote unquote behind SEO. The rest of it, it could be tactical, but the language, the things that you need to understand is getting your language about you down. And then from there, you could then go, okay, I could use tools and, and certain tactics to, to then draw um, SEO content and links and, and the structure of my website, those type of things. But, but that's the, my first step. That, that's interesting. And one of the biggest things I come across with business owners is they don't know, they, they know they have to create content and they know they have to put stuff out there, but they have no clue what they should be putting out there or yeah. what channels are the best channels for that content. So how yeah. do you, I mean, and there's so much, and, and you know, as well as I do, it's very saturated. There's so much content out there. Yeah. You know, right. if you're, especially if you're in an industry like real estate or something or insurance where it's just flooded with people doing it, right? How do you recommend getting to be a cut above the rest and separating yourself from the market that's saturated in a particular industry and you're kind of just another small fish in the pond, right? How do you recommend being a differentiator or unique in the market space in terms of SEO? Yeah. And that's, that's a good one too, because a lot of times this is where strategy comes in and says, you know, I use anecdotes like for myself, I don't go to a lot of marketing conventions myself unless I'm yeah. speaking at them because right. like you said, it's saturated. What yeah. I would do is go to a, you know, a real estate convention. Matter of fact, I did a talk at realtor.org yeah. and funny enough, I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of a story. Um, I get to this, I'm on a panel for the realtors and there are yeah. people that are branding experts, a couple of other people and they have me as the SEO person. And um, the, my two colleagues that were next to me had notes and I didn't have any notes. I just I was like, okay, whatever, I'll talk about this thing. Yeah. But what happened is that after the moderation portion of it was over, they went open to the questions and 90% of the questions were geared towards me. Yeah. And is because I was the kind of, I didn't know about real estate, yeah. but I knew about the marketing that they needed. Yeah. And so a lot of times what you have to do is figure out, okay, you, you know, if the market's saturated, what, what's peripherally related to you that you could kind of be the expert in that particular order, uh, like a conference or a panel or a piece of content that talks about it in a certain way, yeah. you know, you know, so I think that's where you have to kind of pivot your strategy and figure out other entry points to get people's attention and answering questions and, and becoming kind of an education resource is one way. I also recommend joining forums that like I said, are tangentially related to what you do and not necessarily exactly what you do. And that right. way you'll, you will stand out there and get people's attention from your perspective. And then when they need your product, they'll come find you. Um, so those are a couple different ways. One other thing I also recommend is that because like you said, there's so much saturation with, um, with the types of content you can develop. But if you create one really good idea, do the hardest thing it is to do with content, for example, a video. Uh, you could create a video off a really great idea, but what you could do with that video, let's say it's 10 minutes long, 15 minutes, is you take it and break it down into pieces. And you could make smaller videos for social media. Then you have 
transcriptions would become blogs. Then you have images from the video, which you could put on a Pinterest type of website. And then you have an audio from the video, which you could syndicate on podcasts. And now you've taken one, we can make a slideshow out of the same video. You've taken one idea and created, you know, let's say exponentially, you know, 30, 40 pieces of content from it. Right. And then, and then you could just saturate the web with all that same idea. And um, a lot of people, I'm surprised the amount of people that don't do it that way. They yeah. think they have to constantly write or create new content um, for each channel. And not saying you shouldn't, but if your resources are limited and you're a you know, one-person army, then start working smarter and not harder. Make it easy for yourself. Right. And, um, and, and just be consistent and push it out there. And your following will start to come and they'll see that you're in a lot of places because a lot of people will, will hear about you, forget about you, look you up somewhere else. And there you are again in a different right. format. So now you're like, okay, I'm, I'm also on Apple. I'm also on YouTube. I'm also on there. And you see that brand being appearing there. Um, and it doesn't even have to be that you're creating a, a million pieces of new content. Just create really compelling content in your industry and then syndicate it across the web. So one question I have for you too, because I, you know, I like to read a lot about this and a lot of what I read is about creating emotionally driven content, right? So not necessarily, I mean, the old school ways to go out and sell a product and say, Hey, you need my product. You need my services. Call me, call me, email me. Right. That way is out the door. Now it's about storytelling. It's about tapping into the consumer's emotions. Do you feel like that's a viable solution and how should people approach that idea? Yeah. 90% of, I would say the, the recent life with uh, people making decisions, it's because they're emotionally driven. Everybody wants something, yeah. but if you t- touch a spot in their heart or in their brain that makes them think, then you're going to develop a, a person that's a, a, a client or a customer that's more loyal to you. Yeah. Um, Cause maybe everyone has what you sell but they buy your product because they're mostly driven to buy it on some level. Right. Um, finding that out is difficult because you do have, um, you know, what, what does that mean if you sell real estate? Well, it's like, okay, I sell real estate. Do I have the best houses and the best prices? Um, maybe, but also I'm also thinking about your safety. Um, I'll give you an anecdote because I used to be a loan officer prior to doing SEO. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the strategies that we had is like, we want to be your you know, lender for life. So we want you to come here. And um, I, I, uh, there's a couple instances where I would teach people how to manage their money. Mm-hmm. If they got a specific loan and they're saving money on it, well, what you could do is this, through the, the five years you have this interest rate, um, start saving money like you had it, like you didn't have this interest rate, put it aside here, and then, it, they, then re- refinance here. So we start coaching people how to manage their money. Yep. And then people become a lot more associated with, with that rather than, oh, you have the lowest rate. Yeah. And I even um, beat someone's dad out of a loan because they, uh, there was a lady who was, her dad had a really good hookup and we were like neck and neck. And, um, but then the interest rates lowered where I was. And also I didn't have to make as much money off of the loan I was supposed to. I just lowered the amount I was going to make and yep. said, well, what I could do is cover your closing costs and I know that's probably a big, huge expense for you. So I'll take care of it. Can your dad do that? And then when she came back, he said, he, she said, nope. The dad said, go with you. Wow. I said, oh, great. <laughs> and wow. uh, that, that was a really kind of a cool moment because it was a yeah. refinance. And 
and I, everything was neck and neck and 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 I had to beat the the trust of her father yeah and it wasn't a tactic I wasn't I wasn't trying to trick her I got her everything she needed I just made sure that she got the best uh I, I was I cared about her her plight and right. um, and then she became a lot more emotionally invested and one more situation from that loan thing um I had a guy that literally thought I couldn't do the loan and that's I, when I finally this is a lesson to, to just ask the question hey why aren't you doing this and and my friend said just call that guy up and ask him why he's not doing it yeah. so okay I did and he goes well honestly I don't think you could do that loan and I said all right well uh and I convinced him and once I did, he wanted to do, he's a man, I think you could do that. And he, he did three more loans with me. Wow. So it was just about trust and whether or not he, he trusted me. Yeah. Any piece of content you're out there, especially now with the web being the way it is, yep. you have to be trusted. Right. And people have to trust that you're not trying to take advantage of them or rip them off or, um, you know, so if they're connected to the, the, the emotional content, you're providing some kind of value service outside of what you're, they're buying, they'll start trusting you a lot more. Yeah, and I have an interesting question for you because I work with a lot of franchisors and franchisors, especially emerging ones, are always trying to sell the brand, right? They want to increase the size, sell more locations, sell more units so mm. they can become the next, you know, McDonald's or Pizza Hut or, or whatever. Sure. And there's literally thousands of franchises out there that are growing every day, um, but they're selling their brand to people that want to buy it. They want to buy a franchise and it's not a cheap investment. I mean, sometimes this could be six figures or more. Sometimes it could be a million dollars or more to buy a franchise. So it's, it's a harder sell because it's literally a life changing, you know, uh, situation. Should you buy a franchise, right? It changes everything and it becomes more of a financial uh, responsibility once you own a business like that. So what is your take on how to utilize SEO or content to do that sort of a thing? Yeah, um, I actually work with quite a, a, a handful, I should say, of, of franchisers. And um, interestingly, um, what we did as an agency and what I did personally, because they were the ones that were under my umbrella, is yeah. I went out to, to the regional managers and gave them lessons on SEO. Yeah. So they so they could tr- trickle it down to the people that are running the franchise. So you're basically educating people not only about to you know their brand, but like how to market their individual selves and yeah. their individual sites, or consolidate their sites into one and um, and make sure that the locations are getting attention. Yeah. And uh, and then that's the idea is that really education is it goes a long way. I'm such a huge proponent of it because I've seen people react and respect and love when people are doing that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we went out there, me and, and one of my colleagues uh, flew out to Florida and then to Boston and did a did two um, workshops for them, um, for the for the, the, the East Coast managers of, the, of that franchise. Um, and they, in turn, I even gave access to some of the franchisees. I, I, I probably shouldn't have done this, but thankfully they didn't abuse it. But mm-hmm. I said, if anybody in your franchise under your umbrella wants to contact me for you know, a, a half hour chat or something. Oh, they're, more, they're more than welcome. To, yeah, I opened <laughs> yeah. the floodgates. It was like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I said that, but I, yeah. but I do, I cared. I was, I really, right. I really wanted them to be there. And, yeah. and sure enough, there's only like one or two that were really like, oh my god, yeah, can we talk to you? I would yeah. love to know about how do you do this? What do you do? That? You know, and yeah. they wanted to pick my brain, but I, I loved it. I thought it was really great, and it was a really big step. I mean, they're still clients. Let's put it this way. So, right. um, and that was many years ago. So it, it was a great way to to empower 
the people that are uh, they're buying into this franchise that they're going to get help not only with just the the standard things related to the building and the the materials or whatever, but it's more like, hey, we're going to help you educate yourself and, and and we want you to make your money back and then some um, when the investment happens. So here's how to do this. So we're going to educate you on how to how to best push um, your brand out there. So uh, and our brand, of course, that's what it is. But like your individual piece of that brand. Right. And a lot of what I've heard just just talking to people, too, is the brand isn't just your logo and your colors. It's really how you make your customers feel. Right. So, absolutely. you know, when you go into a McDonald's or something, you feel a certain way, you know, like you're there to get a quick meal and it's a fun atmosphere for kids and family and, and, and things like that. But let's say you go to a, like a, a high end restaurant. Right. It's a different feel. It's a different kind of vibe. So, yeah, you know how like and, and a lot with that with SEO has been when I was uh, selling it a lot. Um, I would tell people, you know, it takes time to get ranked and get found and get the traffic. Has that changed? I mean, this was years ago. Has that changed at all? Do you see that SEO is not as, as long? It doesn't take as long to get, you know, the visitors and the traffic and the, and the eyeballs as it used to, is that changing? Is the industry changing in that, in that regard? It, it's no, it's the same. I, I would say the tactics and methods of getting those users are a lot harder now. Back right. in the day, and I don't know if you we were in the same category, but you know you could just get a bunch of links and that would win, right? Yeah. Um, but that you can't do that any longer because yeah. there's a lot more that that Google and other websites, uh, search engines are paying attention to. This right. includes your your social status in terms of where you you put your brand out there. But for the most part, the SEO I could divide into four main pillars. That's your site architecture your code optimization, your content, and your backlinks. And that hasn't really changed since I've been in the industry, mm-hmm. just the methods in which those things are being applied. So right. you know, you have you can't have a, a poorly structured website as, as well as you could back in the day because they didn't they they have better ways of t- telling you what structure means, right? Yeah. Your navigation, that type of things. Um, and then you have the code again, uh, if you're filled with a lot of JavaScript, for example, it may take longer for them to read that. So um, versus having something that's in a basic HTML or something a little more simply built. But yeah. that being said, you don't want to, you know, set, you know, lose your user experience either. So you got to find some midway where um, it's good page speed. It's good. Um, the structure of it, the code's clean, or at least presentable to the search engines faster. Um, even if you have really complicated uh, content management systems, then right. you get into content. And then the content is where you got, I, I, I know your name has what I usually an acronym is kind of something I've coined when I've been teaching it's ARC. You have to have awareness, research, and conversion content on your website. Mm-hmm. Now, most people are really good with the conversion. They know what they sell. Some people might even include their research content, meaning that, okay, you, you need more information. I have this here. And then you have less that are really good with the awareness. I'm going to pull you in through blogging, through other methods into then wanting to do research, finding me, and then coming and going to the conversion point. But everyone goes through that arc yeah. and everyone has that, the, the, uh, the method of doing that. And I feel that if you think of it that way, um, then you'll start developing content strategies that, that link to one another and have that purpose. 
Yeah. And, and that's what the intent is. And that's where uh, the, the newest thing that Google has really been doing is focusing really heavily on the intent. What do you mean by what you're searching? Mm-hmm. And the, the algorithms are getting way better and are aimed now at talking about intent. Um, right. they're, they're not just, you know, the, the days of just typing one word or two words, um, that's, that's, I wouldn't say they're over. They work for really major brands, but if you can get people's intent, a lot of people are asking questions. They're, they're right. talking to Google literally on their phone, uh, literally on their phone. They're just talking to it and they're treating the search engine almost like they would treat a, a person. Right. They ask, they ask it questions. They, they do different types of searches. They don't normally get what they want off the first search. Um, now, granted, if you rank for a really high rank uh, authoritative keyword, yeah, you know, bless your heart. I'm glad you made it there. But yeah. in the interim, you may want to start focusing on building a net so that you can capture more people in those small searches that add up to a lot more than that one word that you may be targeting. So, uh, and then eventually you'll lead to that. You'll rank faster. So um, that's the way to do it. And then with the backlinks, you can't buy them anymore. You know, you right. gotta, you have to more or less earn them. So that, yeah. that, that comes with trust that comes with reaching out to the right people that's through relationships in a lot of ways. And it does take time, but I will say that the quality will overthrow the quantity. So you could rank faster if you've got a lot of good qualitative places that re, you know, that are reinforcing your ideas and, and linking to you versus having millions of links. So that, that has changed a bit. Um, it used to be that you just buy a bunch of links and win, but yeah. now it's more about the 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 uh, the, uh, the, um, the authority and the trustworthiness of the places that are linking to you. And then the Google, as they see you're building content, you'll start to rank faster. I've taken a personal website from zero to three thousand visits a day, um, almost not linking to myself, no links, wow. and it was basically what I just said through content. Um, and going to certain locations like forums and talking to them. And the links I did get were what they call no follow, meaning that they didn't pass authority to me. But that over time, it was a niche market. I talked to the right types of people. Again, I was, I was kind of a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond in those forums. And the right people started linking to me. Right. And, and, but, but it was, and then I was just putting out content every, every week. And then eventually started growing, growing, growing. And then I look about a year later, I'm getting 3000 visits per day and I barely have to touch the website. That's interesting. And I was going to ask you too. I mean, if you're starting out, let's say you're in a saturated market, like insurance or real estate or something like that. Can you, could you sit down and say, well, what is my niche, right? Like, could I create content around selling to new homeowners only? or mm-hmm. people of a certain age group or people in a certain area, right? Do you think that creating content around a niche or around a specialty is effective? I mean, it sounds like that's kind of what you did, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you could become a persona. Yeah. And one of the methods that I teach, and this goes a little bit beyond the, um, the traditional SEO, and is that I, you know, there's certain personas that are in the arc that we're talking about. Yeah. But if you look at... Um, uh, I, I have a method and I'm writing a lot about this on the side is that um, there's the, all, if you think about, um, there's a, a law called the, the diffusion of innovation by Everett Rogers mm-hmm. and, and essentially talks about, you know, the tipping point in which people uh, make decisions, but mm-hmm. you have in the beginning, you have your leaders 
And then the middle, you have your people that are kind of the pragmatists, probably the bulk of who would buy what you're doing, if you think about it in a sign curve arc. And then the people at the end are the latter are the, the conservatives, the people that or the people that are laggards. They don't even they don't even don't trust you. Yeah. But they don't know about you. And so if you could convince the, the people, the leadership in the space uh, to advocate for you, then the people that are in the middle that will probably buy something from you will will be more apt to do so and then they'll convince the other people to come there but you have to develop your personas and figure out what is their goal and what is your what would you what action what conversion point would you want them to take so right. for a celebrity you don't necessarily want them to buy your insurance yeah. you know the general which we've worked with actually um you know Shaq, we don't care that Shaq bought the general yeah we, we care that Shaq is on those commercials dancing around and hanging out with this cartoon character, right? right? So he's going to get people's attention and that is that works well for them. Not, of course, everyone can't hire Shaq, but the leaders don't have to be celebrities. They could be just people that are really pioneering or writing a book or whatever it is. Yep. You just need them to advocate for you and right. through, through their means and talk to their audience about what you're doing. So if you're an insurance company, it's not very sexy. So you got to figure out, well, everyone likes money. So maybe I'll talk to a finance guru. Yeah. Or, you know, I, maybe I'll talk to a, a safety person, right. um, you know, and, and so people that are a little bit uh, peripherally related to why you would even want to invest insurance in the first place. Right. right. And then um, and then then you start providing that research content for people that are starting to be interested to the people in the middle, the the, uh, the what I call the pragmatists the people yeah. that, are, that are there, but they're, they're become your um, your clients later. And then, uh, and then the rest, as that flow happens and you start building a bigger audience, the laggards are, then you get to their pain points. Why do you not want to do this deal? As I said with earlier, right. just ask them, what yeah. is it that you need from me? Yeah. And, and then they, they see that you care. They see that all these people are advocating for you. And then they come over to the pragmatist side after a while. Right. Right. So I want to ask you a unique question here. Let's say, you know, I mean, you and I both know that digital marketing is ever evolving, right? So, and, and with AI and everything coming up, let's say we, we jump into to the future 10 years from now, you know, you and I are talking, what do you see happening at that point? I mean, I think the world's going to be drastically different, um, but what's your opinion on the future? Um, so, yeah, that's really tricky because it's getting more and more that bots are writing content and you're going to have to make more human related content yeah. and um yeah so it, you you definitely have to start appealing to emotions because um a bot can write certain things about what you do but uh, it's going to be about relationships right know? everything's going to be more you know if to stay ahead you have to develop relationships you can't just sit idly by and let the content speak for you you have to speak so something like this podcast even is a step in the right direction getting right. on podcasts is a step in the right direction people yeah. that are building their brand one thing i, I noticed that you know the difference between people uh who are just kind of playing it low and people who put their face out there so to speak um you know that those people that are willing to take the risk to to get a brand advocate to go out there and and make moves and talk to people and um that those yeah connect with the audience because um you know bots can't do that right and so getting on the podcast um the the leader of uh, visibility the agency i work for john is huge on that he yeah. creates content and he goes out there and, and we do uh, webinars and we do, and he and I both go to different, um, you know, platforms and speak at certain engagements 
just to keep our brand out there. Right. Personal brand and your professional brand. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, and even me being a teacher is a brand advocate. So, um, so that, you know, works in, in your favor if you give back to the community through your appearances and, and, and do it for free. You don't need to get paid for everything. Right. But right. ultimately, see, you, the people will start seeing you, um, you know, beyond the, the writings and the, and the AI stuff that's been out there. Right. Right. Well, this has been a good conversation. I really appreciate you coming on, Alan. Where, uh, so if people do want to connect with you or learn more from you, where, where can they find you or where can they learn more from you? How do they reach you with that? Yeah. Um, and professionally, you could, anything with Alan H. Bush or One Never Ends, you could probably find me um, in terms because there's another Alan Bush that has my email, but Alan H. Bush, A-L-A-N-H-B-U-S-H, pretty much any social media platform there. And then also my, my kind of music brand is uh, one I do produce music on the side. One Never Ends, so I spell out the word one, um, is also there. Um, I'm also working for Ignite Visibility, so you could always check them out, ignitevisibility.com. And also, if you're interested in taking a class on SEO, um, go to University of California, San Diego, or the University of San Diego, type in SEO class, and I'm the teacher there. So I would be love to hear anybody of your, your people that are out there, reach out to me, and uh, I'll get you in the class. That sounds good. If you're listening and you want to learn more about SEO, digital marketing, or just get some information, some ideas... Alan is the guy to reach out to. Thanks again, Alan. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in becoming an episode sponsor, please email me at livingryan at gmail.com. And thank you so much.